Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Final hour of the show on a Friday live from the Auction Community Studio, but not Wolf. Wolf is in Tennessee for tomorrow's Cardinals-Titans preseason game number three. Uh, Wolf, when they made that trade for Cody Ford, it's kind of like we all looked around like, oh, this is interesting. Why was Cody Ford available? Why? Wait, why are they even asking about Cody Ford? And uh, now we're starting to see they got some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, so Cody Ford got to step in there with the ones yesterday. We also got to hear from him for the first time. This is what he had to say about his first experience. They kind of gave me a heads up, but <laughs> I didn't. It didn't really like hit me until they was like, "Hey, you're going with the ones." I like, all right, well. That's cool, but like I said, football is just football. Well, nothing like getting thrown in there a couple weeks before the start of the season with a new team, right? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. They actually thought he could handle it. Mm-hmm. They threw him right into the fire, and from what I'm told, he did very, very well. Um, it's fascinating to me. Listen, Justin Pugh is a pure technician. He is an excellent, excellent technician. Um, he uses his technique extremely well. Um, his hands are fantastic. Fantastic! His brain is even better. And that's why he's been such a solid left guard throughout his career. Will Hernandez is more of a brawler. What's interesting about this is I think Cody Ford is a lot more Will Hernandez than he is Justin Pugh. He's a brawler as well. We know Zoe, he told us that he was a mauler. That's Will Hernandez as well. I like Cody Ford at left guard, and I like Will Hernandez at right guard. If you're going to line up and run the ball three consecutive plays in a row. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would mind doing that either. Uh, naturally, they asked him about his re being you know reunited with Kyler Murray. They asked him how weird that is, you know, play together at Oklahoma. It wasn't just like they're both alumni of Oklahoma, but they played together in 2018. Now together in the NFL, yeah, it's very surreal. Like I mean, like it's kind of like a, a sense of like manifestation. Like that, like the day two of the draft, he was like, "Man, like we we want to get you." And and like now we're here, like it all worked out. And Wolf, how about this one? They asked him if Kyler's the same guy he was now, now that he was back in college. We was uh, like at practice yesterday. Like we had a situation, not a situation, but like he's such a competitor. Like he he just gets into that mode where like he starts, he wants everything. Like he's a perfectionist and he wants everything done the right way. And he was like uh, trying to correct something. And I was like, man, it just feels like we're back in Norman. Like that's crazy. He's getting on you day one. He ain't getting on me. Nah, I'm sure he will soon. Yeah, I'm sure he will at some point in time, and that's okay. Once again, this is this is where Kyler Murray needs to continue to grow, continue to grow as a leader, continue to grow as this team's franchise quarterback. It's okay to call guys out. It's okay to do it in anger as well. It's okay. Just don't be sad mad. Okay? Be mad. That's okay. I'd never heard just, of sad mad until yesterday. Just don't be sad mad, Luke. No, I'll try just not to be sad. <laughs> What are you telling? <laughs> don't be out of your mind mad and sad at the same time. Be mad. What are you doing? 
Run your route. Do your job. Right? That's okay. Just don't put any sadness into it. He actually sounded like the Mortal Kombat there, for that, that guy for a second, when you, when you said be mad like that. Uh, can you imagine, and we're going to see it, Cody Ford's right, I mean, at some point, Kyler Murray's going to get in his face. Kyler Murray's given up, like, what, 140 pounds to Cody Ford? <laughs> yeah. Not exactly the same size, but, you know, he would know, and I'm sure Hollywood Brown knows as well, and you, you are kind of, it, you know, it's a joke at first, like, oh yeah, just sort of recreate Norman West right here with uh, with all these Oklahoma players on the Cardinals. But we're talking about a couple first-rounders and a second, a high second-round pick. I mean, these are guys that are fulfilling needs on the Cardinals, and now we see it with Pugh a little banged up, and you know who knows with Rodney Hudson, and you're going to have injuries to other offensive linemen over the course of the season. Cody Ford, a guy that wasn't even on the Cardinals two weeks ago, yeah. Wolf, might be playing a big role for them in two weeks against Kansas City. Yeah, you know, honestly, Cody Ford right now, you got him for a fifth-round pick. You got him for a fifth-round pick. I, I, I think that, based on what Cody Ford has done, the fact that he started 29 of 38 games in his NFL career right now, I, I feel really good about giving up a fifth-round pick, a guy that I know is very, very physical, a guy that might be better run blocker than he is pass protector. I understand that. You got a couple of maulers right Right now, you can plug into the offensive line. I love that. I love all of that. But I also like the fact that Cody Ford knew Kyler Murray at Oklahoma when they were in college. That, to me, there's a bond that is going to be there. I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing guys that actually went to college together. Provided they got along and they were okay with each other, guys that actually, I knew you when... You didn't have $230 million, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that's important to keep each other grounded. Yeah. Well, Kyler's got a couple of those guys now on the team that, yeah, to your point, they knew him before he was getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars to to play football. Uh, More from Cody Ford. Did he expect this trade or was he surprised? I definitely had a feeling that something was going to happen. Especially, like, in this league, there's no really such thing as a surprise. So, but I mean, I I had a little iffy feeling about stuff. Uh, also, Wolf, you know, just it, it's interesting at this point in the game with the regular season this close to starting, you get a new player in there. What his impression is of the Cardinals, specifically the offensive line room. The room is great. Uh, we got some vets in the room like uh, like Hump, and and then obviously you got guys like Pew and and Ronnie. They're like ultimate vets, like ultimate pros. Like those, like those are the guys that have like honestly been helping me the most. Like with the transition, like understanding the playbook, understanding like how things work around here and it's only day two. He's he's a big DJ Humphreys fan, Cody Ford is. Yeah, I saw that, man. He actually was talking about being fanboy a little bit while <laughs> DJ was playing at Florida. That's uh, you you and I read the same quote, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting right there. Cody Ford, a student of the game. And, you know, once again, I, I love this signing because I really do believe 
it adds so much depth to this team. Uh, Justin Murray is a guy that nobody talks about, but Justin Murray, Justin Murray added depth at tackle. He added depth at guard. And Justin Murray was a guy that could hold up and get you out of a game. And I think Cody Ford is the exact same guy, maybe with a bigger base, maybe, maybe with a little bit nastier heart, but still a guy that um, could play guard or tackle and get you out of a game. That's so important from a depth perspective, especially when you play in the NFC West. All right, congratulations to Alan Brunston from Phoenix. He was our second winner of the brand new Phoenix Suns Nike Classic Edition jersey celebrating the 30th anniversary of that 92-93 team. You have one more day for your chance to win the jersey. You just have to text jersey to 620-620 for your chance. That's jersey to 620-620. When we come back, Alec Thomas is 90 games into his major league career and he's already made an impression in the field. He's going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Clubhouse Call-In with Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. D-backs in Chicago to take on the White Sox tonight. And uh, Alec Thomas, who, you know, he's, he's got some history with the White Sox, even though he's only 90 games into his major league career. He joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Alec, first of all, thank you for the time. What's it like getting ready to play against the White Sox of all teams? What's going on? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's kind of weird. But um, definitely excited to uh, play the Sox today, for sure. Alec, has the big leagues been everything you thought it was going to be this year? Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, I don't really know what to um, expect, to be honest, but I knew that there's going to be some some highs and lows uh, this year, and there definitely has been some of those. So um, I don't think I knew how to react to all of them, but um, definitely um, getting used to it a little bit now. You uh, now that you've you've been in it for about half a season. I mean, have you noticed teams adjusting to you, and then have you been able to adjust back to them? Do you think? Right, I think um, it's been taking me a little bit longer to uh, adjust. I feel like longer than I'd like, <laughs> but um, I think there's been some games where I've uh, stayed within my approach, and then there's been some games where uh, the approach wasn't there. So um, just still trying to find that. Um, middle ground even keel um player that that i know i can be so uh definitely um just you know trying to get through it and uh i think um i think for next year and and these next couple you know this next month um i'm gonna try to uh stick with my approach and good things will happen you know, Alec, man, I remember being a rookie all the way back in 1985. No comments, please, okay? But all the way back in 1985, I remember being a rookie in the National Football League. And at some point in time, every rookie has got to come to the conclusion that he belongs out on the field, that he belongs out there for his own confidence level. What about you? Do you believe the same, and have you experienced that moment, that confidence level of playing in the bigs? Um, I think I think I definitely belong. I think I, I know that I belong. Um, I just think there's been some times where I've had some hard days and um, definitely <laughs> put it into question. But I mean, I think um, um, getting reminded and telling, reminding myself 
um, you know, that I belong and that I can do this. And then having the support from, you know, my family and friends and, and girlfriend as well is, is always great. So just having that good support system behind me um, has really been a help. And uh, just believing in myself has been a big thing. And also from, from teammates and then um, Tori as well. Um, I think uh, we got a group of, group of guys, and they understand, and they went through you know similar things. So uh, it's been pretty cool to you know be around people who who get it, and obviously a lot of people get it because you know it's the big leagues, and they've all been through some sort of um, you know trial and tribulation. But um, yeah, definitely, I, I know I belong for sure. We're talking to Alec Thomas. Uh, Alec, it, it has not been an issue in the field for you at all yet. I mean, you, you already look like you've been in the, the big leagues for 10 years when you're playing center field. And a lot of people are talking about you as already one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. You look like you're having fun out there in the field. Is, is that the key for you, or has this always just been natural? Yeah, I think um, I've always had fun out there, and um, I've been you know, shagging baseballs on the White Sox field since I was you know, really young, you know, five years old, four years old, whatever. But um, I think it just came natural, naturally to me and just all the reps that I've had from shagging on a big league field since I was little um, has really helped and helped me grow as, you know, you know, an outfielder and everything. So, um, yeah, I just think the reps that I had as, you know, a young kid, young man, I think uh, have really helped me, you know, out in the field. Alec, have you ever been timed in the 40? Because you can run, dude. You can run. What's your 40 yeah, time I've if never, you have? Yeah, I've never been timed in the 40. Um, I've been asked that a lot. Um, you know, I've played football and everything, but I never went to, uh, you know, the Nike camp where, you know, I run and, and do the, you know, the testing and everything. I never got a chance to do that. I was always, uh, you know, playing baseball or something, so I never got a chance to do those uh, football uh, camps. But uh, I, <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see what I run in the 40 for sure now. No, I'd, I'd love to know that, Alec, only because you're, you're so fast just watching you move and the quickness and the explosion that you have. I, I wonder, does that translate? When do you think that might translate into more stolen bases for you? Right. I think um, for me, it's not about, you know, the speed. I think it's just, you know, timing, getting the right jumps and having, you know, the right confidence and um, uh, and, and stealing off the right guy, too. So um, I think I definitely can steal more bases. I just think I just need to go. Uh, <laughs> so that's the problem with me. It is I just need to go and have that confidence. And uh, Mac, you know, our first base coach, he's been, you know, telling me every day, we're going to get somebody today. And, and uh, I just, I just haven't. So um, I think at some point, uh, definitely, guys will see uh, me, you know, making more attempts and uh, and being more confident out on uh, first base and second base. Talking to Alec Thomas, uh, Alec, we were talking to Mike Hazen a week or two ago, and he he was talking about the defense collectively in the outfield. You have a few center fielders basically out there with yourself. I mean, Dalton Varsho has been really good defensively. Jake McCarthy, you got guys coming up too. Is this just a, a point of pride for this team now, especially the young guys, to be that good defensively as a as a group? Um, I think we all, you know, push each other, uh, you know, to, to be, you know, great all-around players. And um, we got guys that have great instincts and that are fast. 
And, um, you know, just it plays well in the outfield. And, you know, we got, like you said, you know, three center fielders. Um, and then in the minor leagues, we have, you know, we have great center fielders, great right fielders, left fielders, too. So uh, it's pretty exciting to see that, you know, we can all play defense and, uh, you know, help the team win defensively. So um, it's really cool to see. And uh, I think we all take pride in it. Well, Alec, we uh, we appreciate the time. Good luck, certainly tonight and this weekend against the White Sox, but also going forward. We appreciate the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. That's Alec Thomas joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, how about that, Wolf? I mean, that he gets he gets called up this season, and you know, you don't often play the White Sox if you're the D-backs, let alone in Chicago, where he's from, and the history he has there uh, with his dad and everything. That's that's got to be quite the experience to be taking on the White Sox this weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's just amazing to watch him and the way that he has developed. Um, coming out, man, he was on fire. Remember that? The start that he actually got off to, he was doing so was well. everything. Hitting everything. And then the pitchers went ahead and made adjustments, and that really is the bigs. I mean, that's what happens. They poke and they prod and they feel you out. You've got to make adjustments to the adjustments, and then they adjust, and you got to continue to adjust. And if Evolve yourself, and that's where I think he is right now. And man, he's one of the reasons why I am so optimistic, man, about this team and the organization going forward because I think they finally have got the model that is going to allow them to get better and start competing and get into the playoffs. And I think the model is sustainable because of the farm. It, it's crazy to, to watch him, and I thought it was interesting that. He- he said to us right there flat out like I haven't been able to adjust back as much as I want at the plate as quickly all the time and and that's like you just said I mean the major league pitching is going to going to find you and they're going to find your weaknesses now the flip side is he is on a three game hitting streak he's got six hits in his last three games and he just doesn't give up anything defensively Wolf we've already seen him rob more home runs in his first half season than you'll see a lot of major league outfielders do their entire career yeah I know um, yeah I think his upside is huge and I think right now we've already seen his floor I do I, yeah. I believe that uh, Mike Hazen as a matter of fact was talking about that I think we've already seen his floor but we haven't seen his ceiling right now and you know small ball man small ball is rearing its head once again making a comeback in the bigs I think um, it's cyclical like anything else in life and I think small ball is definitely going to come back to me I think you've got a guy with that much speed he needs more than four stolen bases. I know the stolen base, again, analytics, modern analytics and everything else. I understand that, that it's not valued. But to me, there's always going to be a value when you have a team that does play small ball. And I think the Diamondbacks do that. And because of it, I think Alec Thomas needs to steal more than four bases. Uh, Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Cardinals get the Titans tomorrow to wrap up the preseason. How much, if any, should Marco Wilson and Zaven Collins be playing in that game? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
Hi, this is Edwin Collins. You're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I've seen a lot of maturity, taking ownership of things, demanding things from others, not suggesting things, I would say. Great open field tackle by Zayvon Collins. He read it, he trusted, and he made the play. When he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that athletic ability and that size really on display, and then he just has to keep doing that. Let's go! Let's go! Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, Wolf, if that doesn't get you fired up for football, I don't know what will. Zayvon Collins, uh, he is one of the guys with the most on the line tomorrow. And, you know, by extension, the Cardinals have a lot on on this season riding on Zayvon Collins. So pretty big for them to see how he plays tomorrow as well. Yeah, just the thought of the pig. Just the thought of playing football, Luke. Yeah, that's enough. I, I was going to say, I don't that's know why a, I even I, said that to you. <laughs> well, you should really me, get more brother. into football. That's, I've been meaning to tell you about that. You should really it care is, about football. Man, it just speaks to the soul, does it not, my brothers? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury playing it close to the vest, as always, when asked if Zayvon Collins and Marco Wilson are going to start against Tennessee tomorrow. It'll be a game time decision. We'll see um, how that goes, but um, we won't know till tomorrow. Uh, and also, oh. he was asked if he needs to see more from Marco or Zaven. Just want to continue to get those young players playing. You know, I think the more football they can play, um, the better. And, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that tonight and see if that, that's the plan. Okay, so then stop right there. Wouldn't that mean then that they need to play tomorrow? <laughs> like, here's yes. an opportunity for them to play football. That is it. The only way to get better at football is to play football. That is so Billichekian right there. And there's no denying it. He needs reps. And Zaven Collins needs reps. I I honestly think that if, if Zaven Collins, this is my feeling right now. Nobody has whispered any of this. This is, I could be so wrong on this, Basinonians. It, you could not measure how wrong I am. <laughs> oh, we will hands. if you are. I know. Exactly. But if Zaven Collins does not play a lot tomorrow, I, I'm going to be thinking to myself, why, why is that? It's not because we've seen enough from Zaven Collins. No. So why why would they not be playing him? That that is the question that I have right now. It, it, to me, he needs reps. The only way you're going to get better at football is to play football, and you can't play full speed in practice. And that's exactly what he needs: is the experience of full speed silks on in a game tempo yeah that's I, what he needs I, I don't honestly know you know what they're weighing when, when you talk about some of the different decisions that are going to face Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching staff in the front office over the next few days like I get it it's going to be tough to get rid of one of these running backs I, you know you're going to have to make some decisions along the offensive line some of this stuff I get is going to be a tough decision but even based on what he just said that Zayvon Collins needs as much game action as he can possibly get well this is this is tomorrow's the perfect opportunity for learning week one against the Chiefs isn't really the time to be learning and getting those reps like you've got to kind of be ready for the Chiefs you would think, listen it's still going to be a learning process for Zayvon Collins yeah. it is but the ideal situation is tomorrow where if you screw up yes it matters but it doesn't hurt the team in the standings at all exactly right and if I were the Arizona Cardinals this is just me once again um, man I'd be going into this game and I'd be like okay let's see uh, 25 you're going to play 
50 reps. <laughs> the more you can play, the more you can actually see. I don't care who you're playing against. I just want you and your eyes to see football, especially when you're talking about the Tennessee Titans now. Because the Tennessee Titans, when you talk about a team that has blended the old and the new, actually blended the, the traditional concepts of power football with a lot of the air raid stuff that has come into the league and blended it into this beautiful run raid, to me, um, man, I want him to get as many reps as he can in the box against that stuff. Uh, beyond just Zayvon Collins, Marco Wilson is the other name here you, you have to keep an eye on. And, and again, it's complicated because we don't know what's up with Antonio Hamilton. We just had him on this show last Friday, and you know he was playing great, sounded great, and he was excited about everything. You know, maybe it's nothing. Maybe he's he'll be good to go for Week One. But you know, even if he is good to go for Week One, Wolf, even if Byron Murphy's playing out of his mind this year, and Antonio Hamilton has taken a step and he's healthy for Week One, that's a lot of ifs already. Even if all of those things they still need Marco Wilson to be big for them this year and probably somebody else to step up. Yes. Right, Todd. Once again, coming into this season, did you think of Marco Wilson as a problem? No. I, no, I didn't. I didn't. Not, not a problem at all. I, I, you know, you never know second year, are you going to get exactly what you got at his best oh. last year? But but I, I felt like you could pencil him in as a guy that you could just count on every game. Oh my goodness. I had him penned in only because of how well he played through the first 12 weeks of the season. You could say the same thing for Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy kind of went down as well at the end of the season. He wasn't alone, nor was Marco Wilson alone. That curve was throughout the entire team. Yeah. I, to me, you know, Marco Wilson, I came into this season believing, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. Marco Wilson had a successful rookie campaign. He had a successful rookie campaign. That's fantastic at the cornerback position. He's only going to get better. And all of a sudden, we came in in training camp. We heard Cliff talking about you know, hey, listen, um, it's not a given. It's it's not like he's going to come in here and be given this job. Um, he's got to go out and he's got to earn it. You know, wow, that kind of stuff blew my mind. Yeah, and you know, to answer your question, I, I don't think after the way last season ended, I wrote anything down in pen. I think I just threw all the pens away after the last month and a half of last season. <laughs> but with Marco Wilson, you know, we had him on this show when we were out there at camp, and he, if completely Complacency is the issue, if that has kind of set him back a little bit. He sure didn't sound like somebody, Wolf, when he talked to us that was like, oh, you know, I've already made it and I don't need to do anything. I know. He didn't sound complacent at all. I know. I, I don't understand that right there. So, anyways, okay, we know that Marco Wilson has gotten to that point. I still think there's a lot of coaching that is involved here. There's a lot of coaching technique that is being involved in terms of Marco Wilson and trying to develop Marco Wilson and not allowing him to be that complacent guy. It's one of the things that I really admired about Cliff because Cliff was calling him out and... um that is what a head coach should do, is, is cite the fact that it's not a guarantee. 
Nothing is given to you. You have to earn everything. In the National Football League, it's the ultimate meritocracy because of how physical it is. And that was growth on Cliff Kingsbury's part in terms of being a better head coach, I thought. But I still think there's a lot of that that is going on. They're trying to motivate this kid. And I'm wondering, really? Is he that bad? We'll have to wait and see how he develops the rest of the way. All right, we are we're getting to the most uh, the busiest time of year for sports. This was a busy week for sports. We're going to take you through all of it next with our work week wrap up. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke middays ninety eight seven FM Arizona's Sports Station. All right, it was a busy week, Wolf. Let's run through all of it, and when you start to play some of these clips, you're gonna you're gonna think to yourself, "Wait, that was all this week." Let's go all the way back to Monday. Monday, uh, Monday, the Cardinals traded a fifth round pick for Buffalo guard Cody Ford. Of course, Kyler Murray's former teammate at OU. I definitely had a feeling that something was gonna happen, uh, especially like in this league. There's no really such thing as a surprise. So, but I mean, I had I had a little iffy feeling about stuff. Well, if you like this guy already. Yeah, I do, because he's got the attitude that I think you need, especially when you play on the interior offensive line, and he's got to work on his pass set. I think Sean Kugler is going to be able to help him a lot with that, kind of like what he's doing with Will Hernandez, but I love the fact that you got another dog, somebody who likes to come off the ball and hit people. That is the game of football, especially on the offensive line, and I think toughness is what needs to be cultivated more than anything else in regard to the Arizona Cardinals offense. Toughness. Tuesday. Alright, so Monday you have a Valley sports team making a trade. Tuesday you have a Valley sports team not making a trade because magically Kevin Durant likes Brooklyn again. Here's Woj. It means he's on the team and it means they're not in trade talks anymore. And listen, winning can make a lot of this go away. We see it in any number of situations in professional sports. It's still still weird to me, Wolf. I still don't totally buy it. I buy it for, for today, for August 26th. I buy it for a couple months. I don't buy it long term. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't either. I just love that Woj with the conviction of, yes, you know, he's on the team. <laughs> he's on the team, and that's it. It's all over. That's exactly what Josiah and the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks in particular, that's exactly what they need people to think. The reset button has been hit. It's over. Uh, also, in the middle of all this on Tuesday, Wolf just decided to get up and leave and go to Tennessee. Well, barbecue. Uh, it's a barbecue right there. And in that moment, Wolf, ASU named their new hockey arena. And they named it after the Mullet family. But that leads to a pretty fantastic name for a hockey arena. It is now Mullet Arena. Pretty fantastic, really. No, it really is, especially here in Nashville, too. You see a lot of crazy hair, man. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. You do. And some of these guys, I think they're as genuine as they possibly can come. Talking about farmers, man, and yet they got the mullet here in Nashville. You should, we should have had you just like live blog the whole time you were there, live tweet. Yes. Not on like during the games. I know you're working during the games, but just when you're like walking around 
around the streets of Nashville next time. Next time. Willie Nelson. <laughs> also Tuesday, D-backs beat the Royals 7-3. 3-0 swung all that shot towards the gap in left center and down. Rojas is going to score. Throw goes into second. Walker, I think, coasting there maybe just a tad too much, but he's in there safely. It is a run-scoring double, and the Diamondbacks now lead it 4-1. to one. Chris Scarziola there with the call. Alec Thomas and Christian Walker, each three hits in that one on to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, D-backs uh, released that 2023 schedule. They're going to open the season against the Dodgers. Here's Mike Fitzgerald when he was on with us. Get a chance to see every other team in the major leagues. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's great for the game. And then, you know, from a strategy and selfish standpoint, we're being honest with ourselves. The division's created some some problems for us, so we still need to figure out how to, how to take care of games in the division. We see a lot of different teams at Chase Field next year than we normally do, Wolf. Can I just say it's Josh Rojas. <laughs> you can. I feel like you've been waiting just all week. just wanted to say it one time right there. And Rojas. I do love the fact you're playing every other team in the bigs. That's awesome. Uh, on Wednesday as well, Cliff Kingsbury giving us absolutely no insight as to what is going on with Antonio Hamilton. Um, we'll let you know we've won when we have to. Except, Wolf, <laughs> I take that as if you're going to be letting us know week one, maybe this is not like a, a, a day-to-day thing. I, you know, my reaction to that, just Cliffy, I, I, I laugh when I hear him say that right there because it just seems so cliff. Um, but I... And then I think of the situation. And uh, I honestly, Luke, I've been told absolutely nothing on Antonio Hamilton. I want to stress that notion right there. Nothing. And at the same time, this sounds bad. It's not... It's, not, it's just not great. It's the it's the mystery of it all, right? It's, it's like Monty Williams at the end of the season saying, oh, it's internal. If he just said, hey, DA's been getting on my nerves, everybody would have forgot two days later. It's when you have that mystery involved, especially this close to the start of the season at that position of all positions. Uh, sticking with Wednesday, find out Madison Bumgarner's going to have his his next start skipped. Here's Mad Bum. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. Um, you know, like I said, I thought I threw the ball better today, a little bit better than, than I have in the, in the past few starts. Um, but, you know, same results, so it don't, don't mean much. Not something you see very often with Madison Bumgarner, Wolf. No, I thought it was a big deal, as a matter of fact. Uh, a healthy scratch, as it were. Um, Madison Bumgarner, I, I, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Um, I wonder if he fought Tory on it. I wonder if it was Tory's idea. Was it Brent Strom? Whose idea was it? Was it the organization? Was it... Mike Hazen? <laughs> was it Derek Hall? <laughs> was it Ken Kendrick? Um, who exactly made the decision on that? Uh, the Cardinals had their joint practice with the Titans in Tennessee. The D-backs lost to the Royals, but Zach Gallen continued his scoreless inning streak now to 27 and a third on to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, the Lakers go out and get Patrick Beverly from Utah. Yeah, have Bev tricky on, man. Like, you play defense. You don't nobody manages running around <laughs> Yeah, it was his new teammate, Russell Westbrook. And then sticking with basketball, Wolf Monty Williams on Sirius XM talking about that relationship with DeAndre Ayton. DA said it best when he did an interview. Our relationship is calm. And I've invested a lot of time into the, the player and the person. When I do something like that, it's because I want I want what's best for you. But I also have to you know try my best to hold everybody accountable. 
I love that right there. I really do. It's called coaching. That's that's what happens. You've got to hold players accountable. And, you know, I talk about it all the time, the leadership inside the locker room and how players need to be able to hold the players accountable because they hold themselves to a standard that they will not hold anyone else in the locker room. Well, it's a little bit different with coaching. The standard is the standard. It may not be Monty's standard personally, meaning himself, and he holds himself to the exact same standard. He can't because he's not playing. What he can do is say, this is the standard for you, and D.A. needs to be challenged. Somebody with that much talent needs to be challenged. Raise the bar. Don't lower it. Uh, Also, yesterday you had Aaron Donald doing I don't even know what. Here's Harry Douglas talking about Donald just swinging multiple Bengals helmets at multiple Bengals players. Aaron can't be out there hitting people with helmets like that. Donkey Kong people. You can't do that. You can't do that, man. You can't do that. I I love AD as a player, but when you have incidents like this, player safety is at risk, and you can't put other players at risk because you're swinging a helmet. So there was that yesterday, Wolf, and then today. Friday. Hey, we got D-backs in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Tommy Henry, who has looked better uh, since that first start. He will get the start in Chicago tonight. Yeah, that's great. I want to go back to the swinging the helmet thing right there. Of course. You can't do that. You can't do that. But it happens. It, it, it does, and it just did. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gabo next. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.